Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi, Rob. Hi, Cliff. Hi. Hey, we're back for part three of Clean Language, and today we're going to finish our series on this regarding more about metaphor. Nice. I like how that rhymed. More about metaphor? We got more about metaphor. I'm a poet, and I don't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were talking, guys, before we hit the record button, about that this material, this idea of clean language and metaphor, this isn't simple stuff. No, it isn't. Um, Cliff, you made a comment. I mean, I think you're 37 years old. How how old are you? 79. 79. And you're still... um, Working on this project of clean language and metaphor. About three years now. Three years. And so just a disclaimer to our audience listening, um, this is not a three-part series that teaches you how to walk away and be an expert in clean language. Correct. And linguistics and things like that. This is just like we're doing. It's a conversation. Yep. And as we have this conversation, welcome. You're eavesdropping in on what we're talking about as we discover for ourselves um, what clean language is and how we are relating to it. Um, with that, um, a little bit of review. What have we talked about so far? We've talked about the history of clean language comes from a clinical background. Correct. The uh, originator coming as a therapist from New Zealand. Dave Grove. Dave Grove. So if you're wanting to Google that and do some dig- some deeper digging, you can do that. Um, but we're, we're, we're still in a clinical environment, but this is now broadening, um, to, um, uh, a non-clinical applications, non-clinical. Yeah. Um, and just a quick commercial for our next episode, Dr. Rob, what have we decided to maybe talk about next time? We're going to be talking about trust and respect Mm -hmm. in, uh, context to relationships and influence or power. Yeah, it should be good. I think so, and I think it dove, dovetails very nicely with this idea of communication. Totally, the essence of life really is based on communication. Yeah, and in my mind, and this, I'm not saying this is correct, but communication should foster a sense of understanding, and thus trust, emotional bonding, attachment, safe and secure attachment when you're communicating well. And I think clean language fits here because if I do get out of the way and I'm really using my words to help the other person that I'm speaking to understand themselves and I understand them better, then that would be good. That actually facilitates the ancient wisdom of seeking first to understand before being understood. Okay, I want you to imagine Rob sitting Indian style on the floor with his <laughs> fingers pointed up, and yeah, he's like it. like a little monk, kind of meditating. I'm more like a chipmunk. A chipmunk. <laughs> well, the fundamental principles of clean language are quite simple. So, yeah, listen attentively. Keep your opinions and advice to yourself as far as possible. Ask clean language. We'll talk more about that in today's episode. Ask clean language questions to explore the person's metaphor or everyday statements. And then listen to the answers and then ask more clean language questions about what the other person has said. Right? Yes. 
And so I think we're going to start this conversation with a little deeper dive into the word metaphor. Here, referring to thinking or expressing something in terms of a different concept or image. For example, if someone says it's like or it's as if, then the next thing you'll hear is probably a metaphor. Like, I was sick as a dog, or the experience was over the moon, and or I'm ready for battle, right? Um, so, Cliff, you're the resident expert <laughs> on metaphor. This feels like a setup. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is. We have to blame somebody when it goes wrong for me. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, the person isn't really sick. They're not really over the moon. Only cows do that. And, you know, ready for battle. There's not really a battle, but these are expressions or images that might have a dramatic effect, um, but it's a natural and easy way to convey meaning. It is a natural way. It's the way our mind is organized at the very basic level through associations of uh, putting pieces together and then being able to draw them out and then assign meaning to them and then from meaning assign action. So the way metaphor could be used in clean language would be, especially because I'm trying to get out of the way and understand you. Mm -hmm. So when you're using metaphor, that if I'm out of if, if I'm like uh, out of the picture, mm -hmm. um, that then I would leverage clean language questions to that metaphor to help me understand more precisely what you're. Yes. Uh, okay. how, how I've come to approach it is, is I treat the metaphor as, as real and as present versus having them talk about their metaphor. I talk to the directly to the metaphor. Because it, it, it's a metaphor, but it is real and present. They're, they're describing something right. that is currently going on right. with them. So I talk to them as present in the first place, first position. Oh, yeah. Versus smart. second position, talking about something that puts distance between what they're talking about and who they are. And that creates space for complications and things to happen. That's cool. So I'm as sick as a dog. Mm -hmm. You would ask me something about what kind of sick is that sick? Okay. There's the skill right there. Yeah. I, yeah. I can ask you a question about the dog. Uh, what you focus on will depend on circumstances and situations and what is going on in the moment. Uh, somewhere along the line, you end up having to decide what is linguistically uh, active oh, okay. or charged. So, that's the, that's, so you do that, and then you test that out, and if that – that will lead somewhere and it may lead somewhere that's new and productive or it may lead to kind of a side road that's interesting but irrelevant so you have to back out of that and do it like that it's not it's not a it's not like a you, you know you get out a recipe and this is how you make it right all the it's more like here's all the pieces you need to make a recipe make a cake make a cake <laughs> and and in a relational context with all those ingredients, I, I am intentionally not stepping into that 
I'm kind of following their lead? Correct. Okay. Yes, they're the, they're the lead, you're the follower, but you are the observer like that. So it's uh, all the things we were trained not to be. <laughs> is it is it true is it true that I mean do do does the average person listening do they live in metaphor? Yes, that we now know that we figure that there's been lots of research and we figure there's probably uh, six to eight metaphors you use every minute. Wow, that we just don't we don't consider as metaphor. But it would make sense based on your earlier point right. that that's how the brain operates. That's how the brain operates. That's how it's put together from from the from the very biological basis to the top. Is the, that is that true of all cultures? Yes, I suspect so. It, it probably looks different, but I think that's I just think that's the way we're wired. Okay. So again, trying to um, pare this down to a more practical yeah. description. Um, it's a challenge. Let's use me as an example. I, I can't think today that I've had a bunch of metaphors running through my mind. So is it possible that I'm unaware? That's a metaphor right there. It is? Unaware. Show me unaware. Yeah, Matt, show me unaware. I, I'm feeling ganged up on. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, no. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a fun part for it, but that but that is unaware is what is unaware. Yeah, what is unaware? What is unaware? What kind of unaware? oh okay, so what? You're, Let's follow that a little bit. What kind of unaware is unaware for you? And we're not saying underwear. No, unaware. <laughs> unaware. We've done enough with potty talk. Yeah. <laughs> so unaware for me, as I brought that word up, and you're asking me to explore that, um, I'm just not conscious of using metaphor no we're not because it's, i'm not aware yeah it's uh, what would you like to be aware of um i don't know okay. i i think i'm so busy through the day from one task to the next i don't know if i'm spending time thinking about meaning okay so there's a whole list there that i uh, any I, I could explore the question is what what question do I ask what is relevant to you uh, sometimes that's real quick sometimes it's not makes it's easier to do when in our field because most people come with with questions they want something more they want something less they want to know more about something and mm -hmm. casual conversations doesn't always happen that way not that not that clear. It seems like just as the drivers of a computer help computer software to run, what you're saying is that these metaphors kind of are like drivers. You're not really aware of how they're serving you, but they are serving right. you. You're right. They're not. You're not. You, you can come. You can become aware of that, but we generally are not because it, they're so, I mean, there's, they're like fish in water. I mean, I mean, do you are you aware of the air unless it's unless it's moving? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just it's so ingrained as part of us biologically and neurologically and genetically is is that it starts right from the get go and we uh, we use it without even being aware of it. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm trying to get my head around this. So a metaphor, and let's just say in a traditional sense, I associate that with the use of imagery. Mm-hmm. I'm be. as thick as a dog. With the illustration that you just did with Matt, it keyed in on the unaware. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's any, um, would it be any word or concept that you're using to facilitate thought or feeling to express those things? Is that too broad? Uh, I'm not sure. I probably wouldn't do that because it's, it has a sense that I'm making presuppositions that you are thinking or you are feeling about something. Okay. It would be cleaner to say, uh, unaware, how are you? What are you like unaware? I mean. Okay. What are you, you know, it's, if that was a relevant word, then that would be, and you know that in the context of the communication, is that's, that's like, it's like the key to the door. Okay. Mm. And if I can open up the door, there's other information behind the door. It's not, I don't find it, but it's for you. So unaware, what's it, what's it like being unaware or unaware of what? Or uh, what would you want different? So there's lots of different keys, but uh, those are all different keys, but there's only a few keys that will fit that door. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but uh, I'm not in the business. Well, sense. I mean, here's a couple <laughs> more examples. Like, you know, Rob has a heart of gold. Ah, that's clearly a metaphor. Right. Um, your wife Sandy's voice is music to my ears. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cliff is a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just see that as fact. And, and, and <laughs> Rob, Rob, you are my sunshine. Okay. <laughs> or for this podcast and world domination, the world's our stage. Okay. <laughs> right. Are those metaphors? Those are all metaphors. Those are all metaphors. So. So I articulate that, and they become the statement to try to organize the internal thoughts and feelings that I have, but they're displayed through the metaphor. Yeah, the metaphor captures captures all those captures those relevant links and puts meaning to them, but puts meaning to them in a way that's pretty parsimonious. Mm-hmm. So it's short, and it, uh, it allows it allows more information to get packed in mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, what kind of a stage are you on what kind of a uh, world do you want so those all have meanings some of those are more relevant than others in the situation and some of them i would be more aware of than more others aware of it. because with clean language it in it sounds like it really is when i'm when I'm using clean language concept, I'm provoking you to actually think about the communication and what you're saying and how you're feeling. Yes. Okay. I'm taking you and I'm just hopefully moving it one step more. Uh, and if it's not doing that, there's ways of detecting that. I'm still struggling with that one. And then uh, look at a different way or a different, look for a different key. But the key in the door is always the other person. 
and the experience is always the other person's world. So I'm trying to not, I'm not even trying to understand their world. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help them understand their own world. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's a good one. Let's, let's say, let's say I'm in counseling and I'm describing my partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And I say something like, wow, her words just cut me deep as a knife. Okay. Her words, her words cut you. Um, what kind of cut is that cut when it cuts you? Like just sliced open my heart. Sliced open your heart. Uh, where? Where? Where does it slice that? Like I feel like my heart, like her words just pierced my most vulnerable being. And when when you feel pierced, when you feel that pierced, uh, what happens? I feel betrayed. Betrayed. Okay. What kind of betrayed is that? Well, like I I can't trust my partner. Can't trust. I tried partner. to be vulnerable, and the words just cut right through me. Okay. Words cut through you. You were wanting to be vulnerable. What would you like to have happen in those moments? Well, number one, I don't want to be cut wide open. Okay. I can say amen to that. Okay. <laughs> but maybe there's value in that in counseling, like when I'm processing this or if I sound, if I said another metaphor, you know, maybe I'm going through the, the reality of loss in my life and I'm drowning in a sea of grief, you know, there's another expression where I'm on a roller coaster of emotions. And it sounds like based on Cliff's questions that, you're trying to help that person bring definition and clarity to what they're expressing from their experience and from their 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 context, their their landscape. Uh, uh, it, it, it pulls out what I'm understanding, getting a better handle on, is when we do that, we open one door. And if it's a, if it leads somewhere, we open another door, and we open another door, and after by that door, there's what's called emergent knowledge, comes out. It's boom. Well, that's what that is. It's oh. an aha, like a aha moment, right? And the clean language concept is clean because I'm not, I'm po- not, I'm not polluting it with me. I'm not. You're not. You don't have to come into my world. I'm in your world. And I'm just I'm just helping it along and helping you ask questions. I think you're asking yourself, not for me, but for you. It sounds like these type of metaphorical statements would be made like off the cuff, like can be like I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm dealing with my emotions and I just go, wow, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster of emotions. I just can't collect myself. That all has very deep meaning. And if you are listening. Going back to Rob, what you just said, the basics, listen attentively, keep your opinion, opinions and advice to yourself. Just focus on asking clean, clean language questions. Mm-hmm. So when Cliff was doing that about the broken heart piece, how did, how did you feel like, what, how was that, what was going on for you in response to the clean language it always, it always does the same thing because we've done role plays before, like in our circle of trust group. And it always kind of, I feel kind of assaulted, like I'm being kindly and gently being asked a question, 
but it's introspective. I'm not being taught. I'm not being, sh- mm-hmm. you're not sharing your opinion. You're, you're, you're not taking it away from me. You're pushing back. You're pushing me back to face a question. So instead of just saying the metaphorical question or statement, I'm now being asked to face the meaning deeper. And so now I'm having to face this. And sometimes that doesn't feel like I don't know how to, man, that's not my everyday walk. No, I, I would assume that we don't go very deep most of the time. Okay. There's a, there's another metaphor. Mm-hmm. We don't go very deep as yeah. a, as a day on day in and day out. We don't spend a lot of time in deep communication. Yeah. So maybe the metaphorical statement that's just made off the cuff, cuff, like, wow, I just feel like I'm on a roller coaster of emotions is a way for me to express some of the stuff that's deep. Correct. And some of that stuff that's deep is relevant to what you want or what you don't want or where you want to end up. And some of it isn't. It's just, it's, it's there, but it's not salient. Salient would be the word. And that somehow that what you just said, that concept of it's there and some of it is relevant, some of it isn't. That to the mani- context. That manifests itself in behavior or attitudes. Yes, it manifests itself in all, all your all your behavior, uh, your, verb, your verbal, nonverbal behavior. It represents, it acts itself in just what, how you move around a room or how where you sit, how you do it. Uh, we we are we model our landscape of this of of room. If I ask you to go to different parts, find a different part in the room that knows something about that knows something about uh, the question you're asking, you would you might say, oh, "What? That's nuts!" But do it, and you go do it, and more often than not, you pick a spot of all the spots you pick in the room. You pick that spot. And that spot has that has, that spot may have knowledge, and from that perspective, you're looking at it from a different perspective. That's so. I'm trying to get my head around this. So am I. <laughs> so in in some ways, so I'm thinking of the concept of core beliefs. Say more. The the clean language and the metaphors, in some ways, are or like the metaphors are potential expressions of core beliefs, mm-hmm. right? It, like with the work of Patrick Carnes and right. that kind of thing, that core belief actually leads to a behavior mm-hmm. um, which would be consistent with my core belief, even though I may not be honest with myself about what that belief is. I haven't thought about it that way, but I'm right. Okay. Right. That, yeah. I'm just trying to put it in a different language to und- or different terms. Yeah. So with clean language questions uh, and metaphor, I really, not with an intent to manipulate or misuse or whatever, but I'm really, you're really, to Matt's point, you're really kind of provoking me to go deeper with awareness or hopefully to develop an aha moment. Not, Not you getting into it, but just kind of, by asking those questions, forcing me to think and analyze and look at. I feel somewhat unsettled with the term provoke. Oh, okay. Because provoke, provoke is a, 
is a metaphor. What does that mean? Well, and if I'm provoking, I'm in it. I'm in it. Okay. Uh, there's maybe a presupposition I have or an agenda I have. Uh, it's, I find, maybe just me, I find the word curious uh, more uh, more open. I just become curious. I'm following something. I'm not trying to provoke something. Uh, you can. You can use it that way. But often I'm not. I can accept that rebuke. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I like the word curious too. I, you know. I, yeah, it makes, it's more congruent with the concept. Yeah. yeah. When I become scared, I, I've learned to just move from being scared to being curious. What, what's going on? What am I scared about or what am I feeling? And I can't be curious and scared at the same time. I can't hold that long because I start to ask questions. What's going around? I start to assess what am I feeling? What's my body doing? What's going on around me? And out of the curiosity, uh, it changes. It well, changes my biology. First well, of all, it changes my biology. And that's consistent with some of right. the trauma protocols. Right. It, it's just so. notice this, right? right? Be curious about it. And it's a good alternative to fear. Sure. If I'm fear, if I have fear, my body responds a certain way. And if, if you're curious, curious, it responds yeah. a different way. That's like cool. like I'm scared to death. Yes. Well, that's that's it. it the, the, I'm scared to death has meaning. What is death? What it mm-hmm. may be. It may lead nowhere or it may lead somewhere or it may just, I don't know, just. Well, I I showed both of you a picture from, you know, I follow different people Mm -hmm. on Instagram and I saw that picture I showed you yesterday. Oh. That death is perfectly safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like taking off a tight pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. That's metaphorical. That's metaphorical. And it, when I saw that, it just intrigued me so much because generally speaking, we're afraid of death. Public speaking and death, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I saw that, it gave me permission to see death from a completely different perspective only because I know what tight shoes feel like. Okay. And I really enjoy taking off uncomfortable clothes. And I'm going to stay PG-13, don't worry. (laughs) But I can get the idea of taking off something tight because I want to feel comfortable. That's even biblical. The Apostle yeah. Paul says we're living in kind of a restrained tent. To, yeah. To, to be released from that and to be in your resurrection body is like life. He uses that metaphor, a ship casting off restraints. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, with this coming back to the reality of the listener is we're trying to say be a good listener and, yeah. and look for the metaphor that your partner may be sharing and then take time to ask good, clean questions. Become curious about what they're what they mean by the metaphor. That they are a metaphor. That is that a skill. Your, if I'm, if I say I'd like to strangle my wife at times, she can focus on by being, am I being abusive or or or, or I'm a threat, or she can ask me questions about what does that mean and it's not the strangle it feels like i can talk about i talk about that sensation of 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 what i'm feeling it's that and it's so intense Mm -hmm. that i want to i want to make a response uh but i don't i'm so intense i don't know how to make that response so i freeze yeah 
mm-hmm. or somebody else doesn't freeze, they actually strangle their wives. Yeah. I'll get her. I'm going to be talked to after this. <laughs> you think Sharon's going to be listening to this podcast? She will eventually. Okay. It was just metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Well, I could say something like, I was so mad that I felt like a piece of corn in the popcorn popper and I popped. Right. So what words, what words or phrases would you be inclined to follow in a question that may be relevant to the person saying it? What does mad mean? What does mad mean to you? Or yeah, what well, it could be any any of those. You could you get to you get to pick. The key is being clean, which means to stay out of it. So yeah. it's like, wow. So you feel like if you see, I don't want to be unclean, which would mean I don't want to use any presuppositions. Like I don't want to add any features. I want them right. to describe that. So at what point do you feel like you would pop? Okay. Well, if I'd say, well, you know, the heat keeps rising or the argument keeps going, it just adds more and more heat. And then eventually I just, I just pop my lid. Mm -hmm. So you could then focus on like heat. What is, what is it, what does it feel like or what does it mean? That may be really relevant to when, when I feel heat, I feel burning up. When I feel burning up, it leads to, uh, I feel consumed. And, and then it leads, leads somewhere else. It may lead, interesting, but not necessarily salient to the context, but it could lead to when I'm burned, when I feel heat, I feel burned up. When I'm feeling burned up, it leads to uh, I'm feeling consumed. And when I'm con- feeling consumed, I feel, I, I feel defensive. And when I'm feeling defensive, I cut you off from my life. Mm-hmm. And out of that same out of that, out of that process of doing that, emergent knowledge can come out of that. I can't tell you what that would be because I don't really know. But one of the could be is is, oh, oh, yeah, uh, that reminds me when I was a kid. There's your aha moment, so to speak. It reminds me of as a kid, when, uh, when, when, when I was feeling really hot, and I was caught in a fire. So. It could be lots of different things, but it, it triggers things. It's like a like a diary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you don't put everything in your diary. You don't do it verbatim, but when you go back to your diary uh, or your journal, there are words or phrases. Oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes those words take you back, and sometimes it's like, oh wow, wonder what I meant by that. Oh now, when I look back on that. Uh, that's what was going on. Yeah. You know. So as we start to wind down our yeah. conversation today. It's confusing. Well, could we say that it is, um, it's intriguing. It's mystical. It's, yeah. it's not necessarily understood, but there's significance or there's meaning or there's depth to this idea of going a little deeper um, in metaphor, which is again describing meaning mm-hmm. and color, yeah. which we have already stated, it's not our natural bent to do. And so this is this is not practiced, but we're having a conversation about it to provoke a little bit of thinking right. that there is meaning in some of the words that we mm-hmm. say. And I could learn how to be different mm-hmm. in my 
in my active listening to somebody mm-hmm. and to help them have deeper understanding of themselves. You can help you can help or assist or guide the person to unpack the message. Yeah. And as you unpack as they unpack that message, there is there's new things to learn. There's there's new information there. And from that new information there's there's then new opportunities. Yeah. There's merit in mindfully considering communication. Yeah, there you go. That's a good description. It, it's it, We're not thinking enough about it because it's so natural to us, like our skin, that we're not paying attention to, you know, or when we do talk about it, it's like where we started the first uh, conversation about this. It's the logistics. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like a newborn baby with this concept. Yeah. That's a metaphor. Right. So I think as we're talking about, I'm now, I'm, I'm definitely getting this more as we've talked today. Yeah. And, um, and, and realizing this as a complex and, you know, it's a sophisticated form of communication. So as we start to wrap up, is, are there any closing thoughts? Yeah. The, the fascinating part for me, one of the most fascinating part about this, this goes all the way down to the genetics and the biology and our neurology. Mm-hmm. This is all going on and has been going on from the minute from the minute we were conceived. Yeah. We just don't have access to that level or decipher or can decipher that level. Metaphors is one of the closest ways we can come to putting that package together. So it's just not metaphors are just not artistic descriptions. They are a language in and of themselves, and they are the language of the between the conscious and unconscious. Oh, that's cool. That sounded like a drop the mic. <laughs> it always is with Clough. Yeah, <laughs> it's the language between the conscious and the unconscious. Where they meet. That is, yeah, I like yeah. that. And, and I would say that, you know, again, the concept of this uh, deserves more time. Oh, yeah and exploration and so as we finish we're going to be you know talking about respect and trust which is a big part of it a big part of communication to establish so next time tune in we'll be continuing our mindful conversations to be able to explore the the other basis of life trust and respect and we really appreciate you listening in with us. You're, you're looking at me when you said that. You I, appreciate me listening to you. I appreciate our listeners listening. I really appreciate, Cliff, you being our special guest on these three episodes. I do, too. It was fun. Really appreciate the time we get to spend curiously snooping around the woods oh, on topics that like is this. <laughs> Clifford, the big red dog. <laughs> Like Rob said, thanks for joining us. We hope that you have a great day wherever that may lead you. Blessings.